Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Extra time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Jesse. Hello. How are you? You know what? I'm good because I have all of you. Good. Praise be. <laughs> Under your eye. Under your eye. Yeah. Uh, we've got Justin. Hello. Blessed be the fruit. Indeed. <laughs> and we've we've got Adam. Hello. I've run out of the. What, what else they say, Jesse? Um. Uh, under his eye. I did that one already, I that. but I don't think I'm allowed to say. I think this is where Adam decides whether he wants to be of Chris or of Justin. <laughs> well, that's an easy one, isn't it, Chris? Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what you got to do? <laughs> well, don't answer that question. But it is something like lie back and think of England. Yeah, <laughs> lie back and think of Graham Sharp once a month. <laughs> right. We are going to be talking about the Champions League this week because we've plenty of that this weekend. Uh, this week, all the places were decided for the last sixteen. Uh, some news, uh, some games coming up around the world, and and some Premier League predictions. So first of all, seems we've got Jesse on, and we're feeling in a good mood. Uh, we will start at the New Camp or Camp New if you're a hipster. Um, or just at, correct. Or just. <laughs> I said that for your benefit. Um, <laughs> it's Barcelona one, Tottenham Hotspur one. Uh, this one, Dembele scored, and then Lucas Moura scored with five minutes left. So. First thing I wrote was lovely Dembele opener, despite the fact that um, who was it? Cameron Carter Vickers was it? Kyle Walker Peters. Kyle Walker Peters. <laughs> Him. Uh, he's a, is he American? No. <laughs> I love all. I'm gonna sit back and let you guys handle this. There's an American <laughs> playing in the Premier League with three surnames. Doesn't an American? Um... Probably. I'm going to check. Anyway, he gave the ball away. Uh, Usman, you even put into Google. Usman Dembele was still an awful lot of work to do. Um, managed to evade a despairing Harry Winks and slot it away. That was a rather lovely opener. Uh, Coutinho there hit the post twice. Jesse, were you biting your nails at this point? Um, I was stuck on a subway, so I was there. I'm absolutely biting my nails because I kept trying to refresh the page every time I had Wi-Fi. And that fair, was the, a struggle. To be fair, the first time he hit, hit the post um, into a losing anyway, so wouldn't have been a concern. No, it probably didn't I, feel like that at the time, did, though. Nah, true. Did you guys see PSV's response on, on Twitter? Cameron Carter Vickers is American. Okay, you, but are they, You were that, talking about Kyle Walker Peters. Yeah. He didn't play in this game, Chris. <laughs> How many? Right, okay. <laughs> this is the best thing. Triple barreled, well, people with three surnames in their overall name. Very confusing. 
They're the worst, aren't they, those people? Yeah, I hate people like that. Yeah. Especially those that cling on to the coattails of Australian golfers. <laughs> and and, um, and successful actors. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so um, a bit of praise for Lucas Moore and Jesse through Gritted Teeth, because I know you're not a fan of his, are you? No, I was going to say, I don't, I don't at all like when I have to praise Lucas Moore, because it feels like praising um, fascism. So I won't. And that's all. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll oh, do it then. You do it then. Um, he was, he he had a lot of get up and go about him when he came on the pitch. He was very determined. Had, How's this? Created a lot of opportunities. And so I think that it was more than deserved that he, that he eventually got a goal, both for him and for Tottenham. Tottenham's performance was actually excellent, as much as Chris is trying to talk about how great Dembele was and the fact Thank that they you. hit the post twice. No, I was only trying to do chronologically. No, Dembele is is underused and, and incredible, and um, any criticism of, of his, I don't think, is merited. But What about when he doesn't I, turn up to training? Well, I'm not there, so maybe it is. Um, <laughs> but any criticism of his on the pitch, how's that? But, okay. um, but I think that that goal had as much to do with Harry Kane because now I've seen the highlights um, as it did with fascist Lucas Mora which is what I shall be referring to him from now on <laughs> well Harry Kane as you mentioned he's got 13 goals uh, oh, he's been involved in 13 goals sorry hang on let me write that again he's been involved in 16 goals in all his Champions League appearances uh, 13 goals and 3 assists so he does like this competition doesn't he Justin yeah he does he's, he's effective and I agree with Adam Spurs were very good, especially the, the longer the match went on. And uh, if we're not for a, a nine-star performance from Jasper Sillison, Barcelona's number two goalkeeper, it would have been a, a pretty comfortable Spurs win. You mentioned the Barcelona number two goalkeeper. Adam, do you want to damn Spurs a faint praise by saying this was pretty much a second-string Barcelona 11? Uh, no. No? Okay. <laughs> well... Well, how much did Dembele and Coutinho cost? Uh, more than the Spurs team. Yeah, and when you've also got um, when you've also got Rakitic and uh, Arthur's a very good player, so we can talk about him being second string. But in the, the two times I've seen him up close this season, he's looked looks more than capable with a Barcelona shirt. And they also managed to bring on what is it, the fifth best player in the world? <laughs> So you think if me and you turned up with a pair of football boots and a yellow ribbon, we wouldn't have got a we wouldn't have got a game? I don't I don't think we'd have got a game, no. And I think if we if Spurs were really short of players and they put us out there, I don't think we'd have got a result. <laughs> no, fair enough. Well, look, Spurs progress uh, uh, into Milan's expense. Uh, they managed to somehow inspire conspire to draw one one at home with PSV. Irving Lozano scored for PSV as they pounced on a defensive error by um, Inter, uh, only for Maricardi to equalise. Um, with a pretty outrageous miss by Martinez with his header at the end. Um, Inter, Adam, are they South African batsmen? <laughs> I think we've what? seen this a few, recently a few times, haven't we? But there seems to be a lot of them out there. It does, they're everywhere. Uh, South Africa cricket teams, Jesse, are well known for getting themselves in very decent positions only to shoot themselves in the foot. Um, the 1999 oh, World Cup is now, the best you... example. Sorry? That's a great analogy for Inter. I never understand why they don't do as well as they should. Yeah. Who's your favourite South African batsman, Jesse? Greg. He's very good, isn't he? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Really. I, 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 I'm a purist, I have to say. I prefer Jack. Yes, me too. I feel like he's a little bit past his prime, but sure. You're right, he is. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Jack was a phenomenal player, but he is past his prime. <laughs> uh, okay, so next up Spurs, they're at home to Burnley, Jesse. Uh, Spurs have won five out of six in the Premier League, and Sp- um, Harry Kane has got uh, four out of five against Burnley. This is a dead easy one, isn't it? Chris. Jesse. Chris. Shoulders come back. On. <laughs> Things are not great, and I don't want to have to do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Considering considering Spurs were able to not only get this result at, at Barcelona, but were also professional enough to get a good result in their their last outing in the Premier League, where they put, when shit goes down, where they put out a second string team to help prepare for this Inter Milan game, like everything's coming up Pochettino in this because this could have gone terribly for him. He could have dropped points in the Premier League, resting Harry Kane, and then been playing Europa League football. But he's overall he's had a pretty good. Four, four or five days. I don't expect Sean Dyke is going to make it any worse for him. No. I always, I always feel like that's when things happen. <laughs> when you least expect it, like any yeah, good yeah. episode of Friday Night Lights. <laughs> if there's only there was a sort of a saying for Spurs doing things like that. Mm, mm, I don't know if I've. I don't know if I know what you mean. What you mean? It's in sort of like being into Milani. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, Justin, would you like a little quiz? Sure. Uh, Spurs are yet to draw in the Premier League this season. Um, they've played 17 games. The record is 18, which a team achieved in 2011 and 12. Who do you think that might be? I'll give you a clue. They got relegated that season. 2011-12, and they, they did not draw a game through their first 18? Nope. They didn't they get relegated. relegated, so we can rule out everything. Relegated, so I'm going to guess Wigan. Uh, right sort of geographical area. Uh, okay. Bolton, well done. Bolton, there you go, Adam. Well done. It's all up north. Just, yeah, I've just got a rough... I drew a line, I guess. <laughs> Once you get past Plymouth, it gets sort of frozen wastes. Uh, speaking of going up north, we'll go to the Coliseum as Liverpool beat Napoli 1-0. Um, Mohamed Salah with that little sort of dink through the legs of um, uh, David Ospina. Apparently David Ospina had a bit of a... He had a good game. Uh, Justin was unlucky to be on the wrong team. Um, it's it's one of those things about a goalkeeper. Did he have a good game? Because he's at fault know. for the goal. He's, a, he's at fault for the goal that lost the game. Go on, then. Talk us through um, that, because is, is he wrong to anticipate that? I love when Bryson sees Let me fix this problem. Honestly, we're about to get to the bit about goalkeepers, listeners. We've got a good <laughs> goalkeeper on well, the show. As we all know, dogs have very strong opinions what about. Let's, let, instead, let's take this as an opportunity to correct Chris on his factual errors. Okay. It wasn't wasn't the game at Anfield. Yeah, that's what I said. You said the Colosseum. That's at the same place. Oh come on! <laughs> you must love this Liverpool narrative of Anfield and a Wednesday sort of European night. You must love hearing about that all the while. I love the narrative of Liverpool being top and, and not fin- winning the league. That's the narrative <laughs> I'm going to enjoy. It's a noisy That's, place. Uh, I, had to, I had to convince myself that on when, when City lost on the weekend that this is actually funnier. <laughs> right, Justin, you back in the room? I am. Okay, so um, it was Ospina not lucky. He had to take a 50-50 guess. Was Salah going to shoot or was he going to cross and he just picked the wrong choice? Is that not luck? There, or actually, is that... there is no... There... There's no reason to guess. He has to play as he has to assume the shot. Salah's got enough of an angle 
that there is, uh, you know, there's there's enough goal facing him where the, the goalkeeper takes a massive risk by assuming the cross like that, um, and and he paid a price for it. And sometimes you still get lucky and maybe it hits you, hits a leg and a trailing leg, and you keep it out, but. Um, your first responsibility is your actual goal rather than trying to cut a, uh, an imagined cross out. Okay. So, you know, I, I put that one squarely on him. Well, between then and more or less the end of the game, um, Sadio Mane appeared to be having a try-not-to-score competition. He seems to play football how I play snooker or pool or something. Um, and then we get to Alison Becker at the end. Right, I think we and you have different opinions on this save, don't we, uh, Adam, we had earlier in the week. So the cross comes in. Um, no Liverpool player gets the, their head on it and it falls to Arcadius Milik about six yards out who just has um, Alisson to beat and taps it, sort of smashes it straight into him and it's a save. Now, you didn't think this was a particularly inspiring save, did you, Everton fan, Adam? No, I didn't. Why is that? Because what was his other option? I don't think that he's done... It, it was made out that this was sort of like some sort of like scorpion kick save. Like, You've been listening to podcast this week, haven't you? Well, I was going to go. I was going to go completely with the whole, the whole Gordon Banks narrative. But I thought <laughs> I'd, I'd wind it back a little bit for you in case you, in case you had that one in the bank still. <laughs> God, so you, you think it's more or less hit at him? Uh, I mean, when we you said that at the time, and I said that really, if he stays on his line and the ball hits him, he's not coming up with as much power. And you sort of think Newton's third law I think every action is an equal opposite reaction if he's sort of if he's bounding out towards the ball then he's going to get more power on the ball to deflect it clear of the goal am I right Justin I mean I, I don't know that I would debate the physics of that um, <laughs> necessarily no no but I, I think what's at play really um, is that you it's impossible not to conflate the importance of the save with the the quality or difficulty of the save so as as that he did. He did a few things in order to ensure that it was hit right at him. He, he did a good job being in line with the shot and coming straight at the ball. It's also not that hard to imagine somehow that go, having gone in last season against Liverpool. I don't know how, but but with, with the the custodians who were given this in recent years for Liverpool, it's just not that big a stretch to it somehow or another ending up. And actually, I'll take you back about a week or two. What was the game Newcastle lost at home? Um, if anyone remembers just in the last week or two, there was, a, there was a very similar situation where the ball fell in behind the defense and Dubrovka's come and faced up to the attacking player and he smashed it right at him. But he didn't hold the shit. He sort of flinched and turned body and yeah. go through him and in. Going, I think we could. We didn't mention Larry. You broke up a little bit there, Justin. I seem to remember the save you're making because David Priest criticised Dubravka for that very thing. He sort of, he sort of, and, the um, and it went in. Yeah, you broke up a little bit there, but I, I remember what you were saying. David Priest criticised the bracket for the same thing. I, I just think that that uh, a little bit of, from what Justin was saying there is, is that the um, the the timing and the importance of that has overplayed the actual technical aspect of what he's achieved, what he's actually done there. And I know that in terms of of 
especially as a fan and sort of, you're sort of excited, those two very much go hand in hand and you don't really you don't really care if it's full of one or the other but I don't think that in at the end of the season anyone's putting that save they might, that save on a list of best saves of the season they might it might be on a list of you might you might watch a YouTube compilation of the biggest moments but I think that it, as a point of comparison if you compare it sort of this might be aesthetically and not even technically, but if you compare it to the save that Jordan Pickford makes for England in the World Cup against Colombia, I don't think you've really got a comparison. No, you're right, because I was just thinking about goalkeepers in the last couple of weeks doing something of note in, at uh, Anfield in the last minute or so. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Justin, can you... There's so many factors and variables that go into compare, comparing saves, and I don't... I, is it fair to put the circumstances of the match um, into the importance no. of... Okay. Yes. No, it's not. That, that's Those are two different arguments. So, And that's something I've never really understood when people say, you know, what's the greatest goal of, of all time? And it always they'll have, like, the importance or the stage put in there. And so that's that's fine if you want to put those parameters in there. Those are artificial parameters being imposed on an athletic moment. Um, but they're important, though, weren't they? But they yeah, that's a tiebreaker. Well, I don't think they're, that's look, in, that's... Think they're not important. I think pressure matters, but I don't mm. think you you can discount the difference in in having somebody like Alisson in, on your back line versus, you know, the plethora of keepers that you've had and what that means <laughs> what that means to Dejan Lovren and company in terms of they they now are not carrying the weight of that on their shoulders that's big and I don't think that is a different that the fact that that it doesn't differ between one match and the other is big in itself it's the consistency aspect yeah that's that's totally I, I agree with a lot of what's being said by everyone because people are actually making different different arguments really Allison has solved Liverpool's problem. He's fixed it. All right. One of the massive problems they had in recent season, seasons, he has solved it. Now, there's just this human instinct to try to have a single moment that demonstrates that. And so this save has served as that moment. But Adam's correct in that if you just strung it together, all the best saves that are made at the end of the season, you drop that one in it. You played them in a highlight video without context, and you showed it to a bunch of ten to thirteen-year-old goalkeepers. That one would pass by without comment or reaction from those kids. Um, it just isn't as on the same level as, a, as as an athletic feat as, for example, Ederson save that, that got a lot of press the next day, which was an exceptional save, um, regardless of the circumstances or the the, the conditions of the match. So it doesn't diminish Allison's save in any way. It's still critically important. There are examples of that same shot going in, like the Dubrovka one. Um, was it? I think the way it was reacted to a lot of it had to do with how important, how crucial. When Liverpool are out if it goes in, and the incredibly wonderful start they've made to the season has a very different look and feel if, if as well. You crash out in the group stage, so yeah, and, and also the amount, the amount of Liverpool pundits in the media in this country. There's that too, um, and 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 you know, not even to take us on a different road, but like you mentioned it too, Jesse. Like 
well, there's there's more stress on these players. There's more pressure on them to perform in the so they do, they do create a moment. Then maybe it's it's of more value. I always have to be that annoying person that points out that the opposition is under the same pressure and stress. Stress. So does it cancel out to some degree? I, I don't know, but um, it, it was the save Liverpool needed, and he is the goalkeeper that that Liverpool need um, certainly to to try to get where they want to be. Well, Liverpool have got six uh, clean sheets in eight Champions League games at Anfield, and they've won 14 of their last 19 there. However, um, they lost all three of their away games in this group, didn't they? Which has got to be a big worry for Klopp in Europe. Is it? Are you going to say it? What? Are you going to say that you have nothing to worry about? What do you feel? Oh, I've got plenty to worry about. You know, Brexit and... (laughs) Well, that's your fault. And if we're calling Lucas Moore a fascist, I don't know what we're going to start calling you. (laughs) (laughs) A banter merchant. (laughs) Well, look, next up for Liverpool is uh, Manchester United again at the Coliseum, who uh, went to Valencia and Phil Jones. Um, Sorry, is this Coliseum nickname something that I completely passed me by or just something that only you do? Something only I do. Okay. (laughs) I heard someone call it it. A long, long time ago, and I thought that's brilliant. So I'm going to keep using that. There we go. That makes more sense. You got it from someone else. Do you know, do you know who I got it from? Um, it must be a podcast. So <laughs> it was Stuart Hall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, he's not done many great things in his life, but calling the Anfield the Coliseum is one of them. <laughs> so, um, Can we please go? Phil Jones, don't don't tease us, Phil Jones. Yeah, Phil Jones. He doesn't want to talk about Phil Jones. Uh, he scored the first um, own goal for Manchester United in the Champions League since 2011, which was also scored by Phil Jones. I mean, yeah. if it was going to be anyone, wasn't it going to be Phil Jones? Isn't there some sort of like cinematic, like whoever wrote this script was just a little too on the nose? In making it Phil Jones. I, I think it's that Phil Jones likes to live in a perfect world of symmetry. And that's why he's, <laughs> he, Phil, Phil Jones has scored two goals for Manchester United in the Premier League and has also scored two own goals. In he's his scored defense... two goals for Manchester United in the Champions League and he's now <laughs> scored two own goals. In his defence, can we not say that this ball was going away from him at such a rate and he was just trying to sort of toe-poke it clear and obviously got it completely wrong? His no, heart, because his heart was in the right place. To, st- to steal from a podcast and something that anyone should have known anyway, don't you teach like eight-year-olds to make sure that back passes aren't on target? You do that's, if the ball is that, close enough to you. at the screen. <laughs> you do if the ball is close to you, but if you were stretching for it like he was. Because Gary, so... no, Gary Neville knows this from England, from his England time. <laughs> but, but also, Chris, why I'm... was he there? Like, he was there because he made a mistake and was backtracking on himself. There were so many steps that he could have taken not to make that happen. I would have... He's gone again. We have floored him with our logic. Yeah. <laughs> I've destroyed him with Phil Jones. Go on, then. Let's go to Sunday's game, then. Um... Liverpool versus Manchester United. Liverpool have won five straight in the Premier League. Manchester United, of course, beat Fulham last one at the weekend. But I get the impression that uh, Manchester United are going to turn up at Anfield and uh, have 10% possession, one shot on target and win 1-0. Am I pretty much right with that? I'm confused as to what Anfield is. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm with you. 
with you. Ignore all limitations. Uh, no, I, I just think that Man United aren't very good. And not only aren't Man United very good, but I'm not sure which of the good players he's not going to play. Well, we have got no Joe Gomez, we've got no Joel Matip, and probably no Trent Alexander-Arnold. That's three of our first choice back four. Out. I, didn't, I didn't mean which good players Liverpool won. No, I know, but I, it just sort of came to my head while you were talking, sorry. <laughs> but, but what, so what you're telling me is you're going to be forced to play the best centre-half in the world? Yeah. Tough uh, break. We're going to have to play him, possibly play Fabinho at right-back as well. Or maybe James... I'd go with James Milner right-back and Fabinho central defence rather than Dejan Or James, James Milner could play centre-back. That could be an option. Something he's not done before, but he's never let you down before. Would you have played Leon Osmond at centre-back? Oh, there's no way I wouldn't have played Leon Osmond. <laughs> go on then, guys. How do you think this one's going to go? I just really can't wait for the Klopp Mourinho um, sort of side by sides on the on the sidelines. I feel like they are both the most theatrical, but in entirely different ways. No, I, I don't think that. I think Liverpool's going to win, you weirdo. I think that um, I think that Klopp will put put that away this week. I I I think that when it comes to Klopp and letting his mask slip and being all Klopp like, he's a flat track bully and he's he knows that this is Mourinho's game. He's not he's not going to take Mourinho on in his own world. I think you'll see his but game face this weekend. He is just, exactly. He's just going to play it straight. He'll mm. be so straight because it, he knows that he can't. He knows that. If you're going to play a game of chicken with Jose Mourinho, you are going to lose that game of chicken. I don't know. I think this is the same Jose Mourinho that we're all like accustomed to. And I think Klopp sort of out-Mourinho's him on this in the psychological chess game. I think Klopp knows exactly who to show up as and when to run like a lunatic onto the field and when to put on his, you know, disappointed, stern Klopp face. And and I think that the Klopp that shows up is going to be very... Um, purposefully chosen to set out Mourinho. Oh, okay. It's a psychological warfare. Fair enough. Right, we'll move on to Manchester City versus Hoffenheim to round up our English teams. Um, Hold on. What? You need to say it because you're going to be fine. I'm not saying yeah, it. Liverpool, no way I'm saying this. Game. I am yeah, not Liverpool saying it this week. No, Liverpool are going to win this one. I promise you I will say it next week but I won't say it this week. Are Definitely. you going to say it after you win? Yeah, you know, two minutes after full time. Um, yeah, Manchester City 2, Hoffenheim 1. Uh, they took the lead through Wondery, Kramaric, uh, and um, Leroy Sane scored. Uh, one of the wonderful free kick. He's the first German to score two goals versus a German team in the Champions League since Jan Koller in 1999. Um, who saw but, that three-on-one miss, though? Germany are, very, are, are quite English in their German players didn't traditionally travel very much because... They could get a very good living playing in Germany. There wasn't more so than less, not to the same extent as English players, but they're not everywhere, are they? They weren't everywhere. No, they've done their sort of traipsing around Europe in times past, haven't they? Careful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, do we see that three on one that Manchester City managed to miss? Yes, Chris. No, Chris. <laughs> well, is just doing her hair instead. Okay, we watched Jesse do her hair. Um, <laughs> yes, this was uh, Raheem Sterling to Leroy Sane. Literally, they just had the goalkeeper to beat. So it was um, Raheem Sterling to Leroy Sane, who really just had to round the goalkeeper. Didn't he? he passed it straight back to Bernardo Silva, who got tackled by the sort of struggling to cover defender. 
It's like when my little brother plays me at FIFA and now the tables have turned and he's much better at it than I am <laughs> because he doesn't have a full-time job. Do we um, maybe do a pod where it's just your brother versus Ryan's brother? Other brothers? You'd I like that, would you? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, that incredible. He yeah. is, he's, wherever he plays, he's good. And I don't, you know, there's no like messy syndrome here if he's a different He's a different player nationally or, or club. He's just so annoyingly good. When he wants to be. Do you think it's a little bit of like Eden Hazard syndrome that he just hasn't put on the the motivation yet? I don't know what it is. I think that there's I think that there's something about him that not all managers are on board with. And I've I'm not quite it seems to be that the people who know him best um, don't fully believe in, not fully believe in his talent. I don't know whether he's always fully trusted to actually deliver. If you look at um, Joachim Lowe didn't want to take him to the World Cup. Yeah, Pep Guardiola has had moments with him where he's he's been in and out of the team. And especially so when you think that he... People were were lining up to, at the beginning of this season to say that Leroy Sano is going to be the one who'll take this by storm to begin with because he's not been to the World Cup. He's going to be fresh. He's going to have trained. He's going to have had a preseason. He'll be ready. What did what did Guardiola do? No, he, he may do. He played other players. Counterpoint. Um, so, sorry. Yeah. No, no. Go on. How? I mean, I think that this German team has a lot to answer for, especially in terms of. <laughs> in terms of the race of the players that they chose and and uh, and how they're treated. And after the Mesut Ozil thing, and I know I don't pronounce this thing correctly, so I apologize to everyone and everything. Um, you know, I don't think we can discount what it is to be a, a player of color on a team that denies racism exists. Um, but Guardiola, you know, you have a you have a roster of 900,042 players to choose from he is picky in ways that sometimes really really work and some that feel like he's just sort of finger painting like like you know waiting to see what what strange brew of magic happens when he leaves players out I don't always understand it but it seems like he just sort of has the space and the and the like um going to win the league privilege to make weird choices like that. He's earned that privilege. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'll listen, I'm not going to get into a Man City fight with you right now, we'll save that for <laughs> I think we're just trying, you're talking about someone making a decision, oh, and someone making a decision based on a lot of, of facts and evidence that we don't have, and three people sat here trying to analyse that decision just based on the faith. Surely, surely one person equipped to make that decision is is Guardiola, and he has, uh, as Chris said, has earned that trust to be that there must be a reason why this is happening. And I think that you just have a situation where, with with Sane, where uh, to to borrow a um, a phrase that my dad used to teach me and used to punish me when I was bad was once is accidental, twice is coincidental, or three times is just fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm now, gonna use that in my classroom. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now. now we're we're verging onto the fucking stupid. He's at least testing people for whether it's 
it's a coincidence. And at the moment, we don't need to push that because at the moment he's in a peak. But if he falls into another trough again, then he's going to go from being a player with phenomenal talent who could reach the absolute top ends of of the game to a player who might start to be described as mercurial and could end up not playing at the very elite end of world football. Um, we have a quick shout out for Hoffenheim. They scored 10 goals. Uh, 11 goals. 11 goals, thank you. And finished bottom of their Champions League group. It's the first time that's happened since Olympiacos in 2002-03. The better stat is they scored 11 goals and didn't win a single game. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, they played 14 games in Europe overall and have scored and conceded in every single one. Next up for Manchester City is Everton. Um, the City have lost versus Everton. Oh, City lost last week um, against Chelsea, and of course uh, Everton had that draw on Monday night, didn't they, against Watford? That last-minute draw. Um, Everton seem to have done okay at Manchester City. They've drawn uh, their last three there, um, and City have only won two out of seven against Everton in all competitions. And under Pep Guardiola, Manchester City have conceded seven versus Everton. That's the most he's conceded against a Premier League opponent. Adam, chest out. Yeah, well, it's not going to be okay. Is it not? No. Um, that suggests that all the all the stats are the bit that give you hope, but as we all know about the hope, <laughs> that's that's the bit that kills you. Um, I think that without just completely sort of anecdotally, without looking into the facts, I think that Everton's um, recent history, going back a little bit further against Man City, is quite good. I think that under Pellegrini, we and under Mancini, we caused them some problems we were all, and quite often would get a result against them where we'd never get one against Manchester United um, or Liverpool I th- uh, yeah um, but well, I'm talking about teams that are like title contenders oh sorry okay yeah um, your mistake I know <laughs> I've been it's there it's not the eight, it's not the 80s anymore <laughs> more's the um, pity and um, I think was it like we, we we did we beat them last year? Was it with a really goal or was that a draw? I can't remember. I can't remember. I seem to remember you beating them a lot. But we definitely got a result against them last season. Uh, whether it was a, a win or a draw, I think it was a draw where we took the lead by a Wayne Rooney goal. Um, oh, was that the Wayne Rooney goal from the halfway line? Quite possibly. Uh, I I can't remember many. I seem to remember him doing so. that against Joe Hart. Who didn't? Who played for West Ham last season? So oh, not did. that. Well, he was anyway, <laughs> um, I feel like it was one of those Rooney goals that made it seem like he was going to be on in his ascendance again. I, I think that, and Everton are in very are in very good form, and at least where that form has let us well, appears to let you down when you're on book. It's good to know we're fair here. <clears throat> Uh, all considered, we're probably going to get. I think um, I actually got a rather versus Bayern Munich three three. That was for kick someone's head off their body, and he still sort of shrugged his shoulders and the referee and said, "What have I done?" Unbelievable! I don't know. If, is that jujitsu? Is that maybe capoeira? But how Thomas Muller got is very impressive. We should be congratulating he... him. Well, and he then didn't immediately say, "I know, I know." <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, the, it's the same way all those Liverpool didn't didn't immediately come out saying I know I know to Van Dyke's challenge. They just went, oh, this isn't even a booking. 
I was a yellow card. I would admit that. If he'd been sent off, I wouldn't have been surprised. I would have given it as a yellow, though. Um, Real Madrid nil, Seska Mosca three. Uh, Seska managed to beat Madrid twice in the Champions League and still come bottom of the table, which is some impressive feat. Um, Jesse, the Chris. young boys beat the old lady. Is that the sort of thing you like to see? I mean, if you say it out of context, it sounds horrifying. Where did they beat them, Chris? <laughs> Uh, somewhere painful. No, no. no. What is, where do the young boys play? What's their stadium where? called? Oh, the Wankdorf. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> Get there faster. <laughs> Sorry. It's not as good if we have to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so the last 16 teams that finished top are Brussels Dortmund, uh, Barcelona, PSG, Porto, Bayern Munich, Manchester City, Real Madrid, Juve. The teams finishing second, Atletico Madrid, Spurs, um, Liverpool, Schalke, Ajax, Leon, Roma, Manchester United. Last season, I seem to think that finishing se- um, top still got you a pretty dodgy uh, last 16 tie. I would suggest if you finish top this time around, you're quite happy, more or less, with who you're going to meet, with the odd exception. Are you? I'd say so. Atletico Madrid and Liverpool apart. And, and Tottenham? Mm. I would suggest if I was if I was Barcelona or if I was Bayern Munich or uh, you know Real Madrid and I got Tottenham, I wouldn't be unhappy. Well, Real Madrid should be worried if they got Tottenham, considering and Barcelona can't get Tottenham. Right. I don't know. I think this one's sort of like a crap. Like you never. It depends entirely on your bias. Oh yeah, we're all biased. Obviously, we don't have it. <laughs> no, no, of course. I, I think I think that there are some absolute. There are a couple of absolute plum ties on both sides of the draw. draw everyone wants Porto, don't they? Everyone wants Porto, yeah. And but they were, I, I, they were talking on, on Football Weekly. Uh, I was listening to my way home today about how everyone on, on the top half of the draw want Manchester United. It just I seems. No, yeah. I, don't, I remember no. listening to that. Would you want to play Jose Mourinho in a two-legged game? It's like it's been like playing Rafa Benitez. It'd look like you you wouldn't want to play a cup game. Any team they were playing, would you want whoever? Then you wouldn't. You'd ideally not want to be facing Rafa Benitez. No, I, I remember listening to that. I think I'm happy to Manchester United for that reason. So I think that, that there are some challenging ties there. Uh, I think that when you actually look at some of the teams, because of how their selection get narrowed down, because they can't play the team in their group, they can't play team. Some teams have got actual pretty dumb draws. <laughs> We'll move on to games coming up uh, this weekend. So, in Spain... Uh, Barcelona... Are we, can we have honourable dishonourable actions of Chelsea to play again in a week? Uh, we are coming on to that shortly. OK. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, sorry. Uh, yes, uh, Barcelona top of La Liga on 31 points. Then it's Seville and Atletico Madrid on 26. Real Madrid sneaking up um, in four points. So, Levante at home to Barcelona. Uh, Seville play My Girona. Uh, Valladolid play Atletico Madrid. And Real Madrid play Vallecano. Who? Hmm? Oh. Atletico? Who, who plays them? Who are they playing? <laughs> or something. <laughs> we can also do an honorable, dishonorable mention to the president of Atletico who responded to a female journalist asking about Diego Godin's contract with, I don't like talking about money with women. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe he's been divorced a few times. Uh, he's, just taken, he's just taken the lead from president, uh, what's the, is it the president of Turkey? Yeah. One for, or the president of Hungary. Who said that the worst thing you can do to women is give them economic freedom? It's it too much true. of a burden for them. Right. Don't we... you worry your pretty little head about things like money. <laughs> we don't want to buy the groceries. We just want to stand barefoot in the kitchen and cook them up. Aww. Get it right. But what I, what I find quite funny about that is that in a lot of sort of stereotypical urban TV shows, in the family, it's always the wife is always the one balancing the checkbook. So. 
Well, that's just detached skills. You know, you okay. want to make sure you can add. Go, go keep them sharp. Right. So we make sure there's enough food for you on the table. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Jerry right. Hall said a, uh, maid in, a maid around the house, a cookie in the kitchen, and a whore in the bedroom. That's the secret of being a good wife. Yeah. And, and apparently a good uh, football journalist, too. Yeah. There you go. Uh, in Italy, um, Juventus still out on thir- 43 points against Napoli on 35. Into 29. AC Milan 26. Uh, Napoli are away to Calgary this weekend, but it's the Turin derby um, on 11 sports, which are still going. Uh, for some... Just, just please keep going. Please keep going. <laughs> I've had a few sleepless nights this week. Uh, Chris is going to be outside, <laughs> outside his local, his village football game, sh- shaking a bucket this weekend. <laughs> Maybe you could persuade Vanilla, the only nightclub in Truro, to start playing matches. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I think me and Scott have been flying their flag for quite some time. So, uh, France quite Ele- like an eleven sport benefit night. Yeah, I think <laughs> <you> should <laughs> an evening with Pretendium. Oh, who wouldn't want to watch that? <laughs> Jonathan Wilson as could be as, as long as it doesn't end with you doing the full Monty. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm going to give a lot of refunds. <laughs> the chumpy, uh Champions League theme song. <laughs> The champions! It all comes off at the end. Uh, right, France, a lot of games are cancelled because of ongoing a lot protests. Of belts, bro. <laughs> yeah. uh, Egg League, Adam, there's a derby going on this weekend. It's Western Sydney Wanderers versus Sydney FC. How do you think that's going to go? I mean, that's actually a derby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I imagine that Sydney FC are the good one. They've got the better name. They're the better team, yeah. There you go. That's the one that Del Piero used to play for. Is it? Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Um, oh, fine. See, probably... Did you see that David Squires sent out a t- just a random tweet I saw this week saying at one point complaining about his internet connection, claiming it was slower than Del Piero in his second season for Sydney FC. <laughs> Great. Must be bad. Um, probably the biggest game uh, worldwide this week is India's Kolkata Derby. It is East Bengal versus Mohan Bacon, where the, um, it's a bigger deal in India. We regularly get 150,000 fans. Um, and if you want to read all about it, I can recommend a fantastic blog called Emancipation Golf Coast, which has got some outstanding piece of writing there from a very underappreciated writer. Oh, really? Where did he live? Uh, Fascinating. <laughs> who's, who's, um, who's opening the bang fixture? I'm not going to that one. Just the one to do Adam F. Say 101. <laughs> How big is the stadium where they play? Well, you, like I said, the regular 50,000 people going, so it's, it's a huge deal there. Um, but they do tell them it's a cricket match and they just confused when they get there, right? I'll answer that question. Well, I don't understand why this is such a big deal. I'm just, we're making jokes about cricket, cricket I, being the national sport in India. I want to be accused of assuming that all Indians are cricket fans. Well, they, uh, they are. <laughs> they love no, that's are true. you going to say that all Americans are American football fans? Cause no, I it's not the same. Because it doesn't English hold to quote. When, when you see a video of um, Sachin Tendulkar and he can't go out in Mumbai at four in at four a.m. in the morning because he'll get mobbed, they're all cricket fans. Who's the biggest sports star in America? Uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Sure, why not? If they could, they go down to their shop at four o'clock in the morning and buy some milk. I mean, New Yorkers are very blasé about ignoring famous people. So okay, I think but neither of those play in New York, so. <laughs> Oh, right, Tom LeBron. Brady. LeBron, to... LeBron James thing. is another great example. Oh, uh, no, LeBron James is not going anywhere without being mobbed. But he's at also four, not at 4 a.m.? At 4 a.m.? He has people doing He'd that. He'd probably get him. shot by the police, wouldn't he? Fair. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, I've also oh, hold on. So I'm not allowed to make jokes about cricket, but Chris. Oh no, that's a that. joke. That is that is real for real political commentary. And the only football player, the only American football shit I know is the guy who Colin Kaepernick. No, I know Colin Kaepernick, thank you, but I don't know him about football. That he, There was an American football player who was at a benefit in Las Vegas, and when he left the arena, the cops tackled him to the ground and almost shot him. Oh, the one who plays for the Seahawks. I don't even uh, know what that is. He did play for the Seahawks. Ross would know. He's probably annoyed right now that I can't remember. There but, but in all honesty, like, yeah, Sachin Tendulkar, let's point out that Sachin Tendulkar was also retired. Okay, well, I don't know any. I don't know Amer- I'm not a real American. I'm only half these. Well, as soon as you're not a real American, maybe you can talk about uh, last Sunday. National one pen or all two. Uh, um, do you want me to read the mean, mean, mean tweets that the one national fan in my family, my aunt who loves me? Oh my god, it's her birthday today. Um, Oops. <laughs> it's all right. The, the time difference is in your favor. If you're in this I, country, you're in trouble. I will not do that. Correct. Um. Yeah. Sorry, give us a quick 20 seconds on that, then. While writing uh, a text to your aunt. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, my aunt or after? Um, I'm going to WhatsApp my aunt. Uh, this. So, Nacional actually was just Don't say voted. happy birthday to us and write what you're going to say. <laughs> <with this thing. laughs> um, I hope you guys are having a really great night. You have cake. and um... I have had cake. Really? Why? For my aunt's birthday? Georgia, yes. Georgia, who um, shares a birthday with Taylor Swift. I hope you made more of a fuss over Georgia than you did over Taylor Swift. I can't Chris. promise. <laughs> I will. Did the cake have happy birthday, Taylor? <laughs> and they get to you. Yeah. There are so many people um, <laughs> there. Um, wow. Okay, so Nacional actually, the, the, the big deal with this is that... Um, Nacional actually just outranked Peñarol in the um, like club rank the the global club rankings. So um, why why are you making a face at me? That's a true global story. Club rank. What's that? I've not heard of that. What's that? The ranking of it like sounds the... like a sounds like a thing that South Americans make up to sort of justify <laughs> just because they they, they they love intercontinental competitions and if they can make up some sort of like. <laughs> Go on, sorry. It's the ranking it. I don't understand why you guys aren't just piling on the same. I don't I'm even know which country you're talking about these teams playing. Uruguay. God damn. Okay. All right. So the ranking Mundial de Clubes, which obviously everybody knows and agrees is a giant deal, except for the two of you, <laughs> is led by Real Madrid. <laughs> um, but Nacional just surpassed um, can it all for the first time in a couple years, and so the rivalry is fierce, my friends. Um, Nacional also has been doing a lot better, both in the Clausura in Uruguay and in um, South American competitions. So this was like um, a win for all the glory, and to take back pride and joy, and also Peñarol just. Um, Last year, we lost Naita Nandes to Boca, so this was also, like, a test of our resilience. And we did it, you guys. We yeah. did it. Adam is, is it... so excited right now for me. I can't, like, Adam, I know. Thank you. Well, there was a brief second, though, I thought you were going to say, when you said take back, and there was a pause, I thought you were going to say control. <laughs> <laughs> of all of Ur- That's actually how the president of Uruguay is chosen. 
in this Clásico. How, how, how many clubs Clas- are there in Uruguay? 11 of them are based in Montevideo. Montevideo, like Truro? Montevideo is teeny, teeny, tiny, tiny. So that's, like, so, so that's a Buenos Aires where they like... Uh, uh, how dare you, sir? But just in terms of... I'm only talking about the concentration of clubs. Yes, correct. Because obviously I'm now going to say... Oh. <laughs> oh. It's going to be flippant. I've never been to either of the places. It's going to be so flippant. If you went to Wonder, would you know in? You could walk around Buenos Aires and this is just like one through the day. So you said that in Buenos you will be fine with it. You said in Buenos Aires, you are getting... <laughs> like... <laughs> you are not... Okay, right. Uh, so that's in Argentina, that's fine. <laughs> oh. uh, how I file a complaint under? Where's Ross? When I get my cup sorted, I'll That was the most offensive thing that anyone has ever said to me on a podcast. Adam, <laughs> how dare you? And I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> right, this is some in news. Okay, so Middlesbrough are going to become the first English football league to join the breastfeeding welcome uh, scheme. We're happy with that. That's excellent. What is the... what? what explain, please. Uh, I'm assuming either Tony Pulis looks after your children in a very strange way, or um, uh, they are more than happy for you to breastfeed in the stands watching the game. I mean, it should be Wait, clarified that the, the, rest, the other 90 to, 91 clubs aren't in a breast welcome, a breastfeeding unwelcome club. Uh, they are, I suppose they are until they announce it. Well, no, 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 this club doesn't exist. <laughs> it's not like, this, this isn't a binary art question. <laughs> I'm going to look this up. I'm going to do the Google. Okay. Um, Under-23 coach Kevin McDonald, Aston Villa, has been, uh, quote-unquote, released, uh, or uh, reassigned, sorry, following allegations of bullying by former player uh, Gareth Farrelly. Uh, McDonald was also found guilty of bullying a youth player at Aston Villa in 2015-16. Makes you wonder why he's still there. Um, Gary Lineker, Adam, have you seen his... What are you making that face for? Is this when men were men tweet? Is it we, uh... No, it's not a when men were men tweet. I am, um, I'm, I'm always a little bit torn with allegations of, not allegations of bullying. That's different. Proven allegations. I know it's not even the proven allegations. It's more to do with the. It was more to do with when you talk about the things around sort of like the Shane Sutton incident, and when you're, um, and sort of that line between a coach in... He was found to be physically squaring up to players. Uh, very oh, mind he's okay. in charge of a youth team. Okay. I hadn't read the article. No, no, no. It was, on the, it was in The Guardian today. Uh, have you seen Karolinica's Twitter beef with um, Chris Waddle and uh, Peter Shilton and Jonathan Agnew? Well, I saw the one with Jonathan Agnew where he got made to look like a complete fool by the BBC. Who was made to look like a complete fool? Jonathan Agnew. They literally... Oh, okay. They, they literally, the BBC published an article on its website to basically say Jonathan's wrong. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Gary Lineker was criticised by uh, cricket correspondent and Leicestershire legend uh, Jonathan Agnew for um, Gary Lineker's political tweets. Gary Lineker is very uh, pro-Remain uh, with Brexit uh, and I think he'd be quite up for a second referendum as well. Um, Gary's, a, Gary's one of the good guys with me and, Chris, and it's me, Gary Lineker and Peter Reid and it's Chris is off with Chris Waddle and Peter Shilton and they're trying to take back control and get blue sports and something about your having us in it, Chris. That's what you're really keen on. I feel very torn here. As a child of Leicester, I've got 14 legends fighting here. It's very difficult. Uh, Peter Shilton and Chris Waddle are um, pro-Brexit. Uh, Chris Waddle tweeted his 
uh, thoughts on it the other day. Someone replied with a picture of his penalty at Italian 90 saying your tweet's gone down like this. Um, <laughs> I don't think Chris Waddle, Chris Waddle has very many thoughts. <laughs> uh, where did the pod stand on um, sports people getting involved in things like this? Are we unhappy with it at all? Because Michael Vaughan said, he's a former England cricket captain, Jesse, he tweeted yesterday, we need more people like Donald Trump in charge of our country. A bit sad when your heroes let you down, isn't it? Did you see my tweet yesterday about it? No, what did you say? Uh, I said I used to love um, Michael Vaughan. Turns out in retirement is a complete bellend. It's the reverse Glenn McGrath effect. That's very good. <laughs> That's very good. Glenn McGrath's annoyingly a nice guy, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's, it's... Look, they're, they're people and they're constituents and they're voters and, and the same way that you know, I think Colin Kaepernick is doing an incredible service. Um, he is an American football player, my friends. That means sometimes he scores touchdowns and things like field goals. No, no, wrong. Uh, God, I'm sorry, Adam and he's, Ross. He's a, qu- he's a quarterback, so he throws right. touchdowns. He doesn't score them. Although he does, he could run and score a touchdown. You're right. Well, he could do both. You're right. Sorry, it's pedantic. You. I should have left it. Really? You are just... Not okay with me today. Me? Pedantry? Who'd have thought? <laughs> um, like Adam said, though, which I can't believe I'm saying right now, um, we can't pick and choose. We can't say that only people we agree with are free to express their feelings. Um, you know, as much as I wish that Lucas Mora had not openly campaigned for a fascist dictator who's already ruining Brazil... Um, I really appreciate that he has the right to do so. I think that these are people who, and I suppose you have the same problem all around the world, but if you take just take this from the the prism of we're talking about English football players, talking, talking about it in England, that you're talking about one of the most polarising topics of a couple of generations. So you are not going to... Gary Lineker is not pleasing all the people here. And neither's Jonathan Agnew, neither's Chris Waddle. They've got they're playing to a, a base, and they are more than welcome to stick their head above the parapet and take the adulation they're going to get from supposedly forty of the population. If you're Gary Lineker, and the criticism you might get two percent, but I think that what should also be allowed to happen is that players can do that, and they do so at their own risks. But players should be allowed to have their privacy, and things should be able to keep to themselves. Why is there always this dry celebrity culture now? As <clears throat> as politics becomes such a big part of the the uh, the the media narrative in both countries, there's such a drive to know what any sort of celebrity, what their stance and opinion is, and to take take from your favourite Chris, what why can't Taylor Swift keep her opinion to it. Why does anyone need to know who she wants to vote for, or who she supports? Why, when a a, um, a teammate as a joke hides a, or supposedly as a joke, this is all alleged, hides a Donald Trump hat in Tom Brady's locker room, and it's in Tom Brady's locker, and it's filmed when the press go in afterwards? Why is it such a? Why does Tom Brady have to come out? Like you should be able to keep your opinions to yourself if you don't want to share them. Okay. Um. We'll move on because we've still got a few more things to talk about because the Europa League yesterday. Uh, Chelsea drew 2-2, uh, finished off of their champion of uh, Europa League Group L. 
Some anti-Semitic chants on there uh, that we love to hear. Uh, Chelsea in their statement sounded at the end of the tether with their people, didn't they? I don't know if anyone saw that. I would just point you back to the uh, Alan Davis rant from Yigo on his... Uh, Chris is looking at me like he doesn't remember. You, you talk about it, I'll find the rant. Okay. Jesse? Uh, I mean, is there anything to talk about? There's a debate really to have. These people are horrible and vile and have got no place in football, have they? No, I was going to say, like, I think the only thing worth talking about, if anything, is the response. I think, as we've seen horribly with um, what Raheem Sterling said, which is, unfortunately, this is nothing new. Um, yeah. And before that, with the Tottenham fan who threw the banana at Obama Yang, you know, the only thing to do is say, this is acceptable, there's no talking about it, and you can't be a part of it like that no place for that here um because it is way past time that you know aside from the banner take out stamp out whatever that you actually do it um it's not okay okay uh rapid Vienna one rangers nil rapid Vienna uh, advance at rangers expense celtic one leipzig two celtic, celtic still go through though um and arsenal one carabag nil arsenal finished top of e uh what else have we got hey, you want to know a great thing yeah. I found the uh, the Middlesbrough article, mm-hmm. and Adam Adam Scott Allen's Everton uh, were actually Middlesbrough on the first to oh. sort of openly support breastfeeding. In June, <laughs> I love that Adam was cheering for breastfeeding. Um, in June, we are Everton, so woke; it is unbelievable. <laughs> you registered as a breastfeeding friendly organization. Um, but uh, the, like what I don't the, is... the Liverpool media bias don't want to hear about that. They just want to talk about Middlesbrough well, because they play in red. Here's what I don't understand. So, uh, so Liverpool has something called Bambies, Babies and Mums Breastfeeding Information and Support Initiative. Bitty bull. Um, bam- okay. And so Goodison Park registered under that initiative. And what's ha- what, what the deal is is that it's not under... Wow, under the Equality Act, which only happened in 2010, mm-hmm. women have the right to breastfeed in any public area, but Riverside, Goodison, and hopefully more clubs, so go for that, um, signed up to this breastfeeding welcome scheme um, to help breastfeeding women feel more more comfortable in public, and so they're going to post signs that have a you know breastfeeding welcome, and you're welcome to breastfeed your baby. and um, That'll go down well, because I've sat with a bunch of footballers who did not like the... Um, the signs, the football fans who did not like the signs in Arsenal Stadium that was to do with, I can't remember what it said, uh, it was to, uh, Please be quiet, it was I played... much in progress. <laughs> no, some sort of like pride, um, LG, LGBT and Arsenal fan group, and they were not happy about that. So I'm sure breastfeeding signs will be, go down brilliantly. <laughs> well, they definitely won't get vandalised. My <laughs> Unusual Efforts article is about these three unbelievable women, um, these Celtic fans who got Celtic and now a bunch of other clubs to provide free menstrual products in stadiums. I mean, Celtic was a club that had to write to its own fans asking them to share. But providing free sanitary products to their fans have now a bunch of other clubs, all but 11, uh, sorry, 11 out of 13 is all but two in the SPL and in the EPL as well. So is this for something? I don't know. And if not, then I look forward to shouting at people being annoying and I'm not just good job good right 
Uh, Andy Carroll said he's fed up of quote unquote shit from France for being injured all the while. Uh, it came to head been ice skating and was told to keep the ice by West Ham Wag. Babagol have got a fantastic article about a guy called Nabi Bujaidi who is a footballer and it's the sort of trials and trials and tribulations of getting out on loan to various lowly clubs like, around Europe, which is pretty that, good. That Andy Carroll story, I'm torn one. Why? Because, well, I'm torn on it because no footballer wants to get injured. So. They're not getting injured on purpose. They don't. The, no one deserves to be getting used to getting injured. However, should well, a football skating? <laughs> really... Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I mean been... of all the things to do, <laughs> if he was yeah. walking down, he was walking down the street. Sure, I'm just getting some milk, like Tendilka can't do. Then sure, <laughs> leave him alone. Uh, but when he's, he's on yeah. the ice, I feel kind of like, a, should you really be doing this? <laughs> Why isn't there a clause in their contracts that say, like, don't put yourself in undue risk? Like, there is. There is, yeah. <laughs> maybe there's not. Maybe there's never been one in Andy Carroll's, which is why he keeps falling out of hotel balconies and things. He doesn't realise these things. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of symptoms. <laughs> no one told me not to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you're upset about that. I stopped doing it then. Well, you should have said. You should put it in my contract. <laughs> I could have stopped doing this ages ago. A uh, couple of other bits. Um... The Copa Sudamericana uh, was won by a junior of Colombia. Um, they beat Atletico Paramanese from Brazil. And the Suzuki Cup this weekend, the second leg, um, Malaysia drew 2-2 with Vietnam on Tuesday's return leg tomorrow. Right, back to the Premier League. We'll rush through these quickly because we've been going for an hour and we've got six to go through. Uh, Crystal Palace versus Leicester in the Kevin Phillips derby. Neither team have won in three games. Um, and Leicester have only won two out of 14 at Southhurst Park in all competitions. How do we think this is going to go? Palace are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's your summarisation. Well, you wanted it quick. I did, I'm yeah, not. that's true. Go on then, Jesse, in three words. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I mean, it's going to be boring and it's going to be awful. Okay. Uh, Huddersfield, Newcastle, last match of the day. I don't know the other fixtures, but there's strong possibility. Actually, no, there's a few. This is quite tough to pick this week. I'm, sorry, I'm, not, I'm going to keep my powder dry, I think. I don't know. Um, Huddersfield lost their last three, and of course, we've got that Aaron Moy out nil till um, February, who got the winner in this season, uh, in the fixture last season. Um, 54% of the goals have come from headers so far this season, which is the most in the Premier League, which probably shows you a little bit how they play. Or how few goals they've scored. Or how few goals they've scored, yeah. Or how they rely on Solomon Rondon. Hmm. All the all good, all good points. Yes, <laughs> move it on. Brilliant. We're trying right. to help you rush this thing. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to be quick, and you're just pausing in the you're you're living in the silence. <laughs> I think that was going off. Full stop. Ever spot fan winning seven? Cardiff will look at fourth win in six games. If he scores, it will be his forty fifth opponent. He scored against for Watford. It's not games versus Cardiff. Uh, no, Cardiff is not because they they might not even I can't ignore it. And although we only managed to draw, we nearly, we nearly grasped a defeat after the, uh, from a win position. What for that good? No. Oh, is this in Cardiff? It's in um, Vicar Dread. Okay. Um, could go, literally anything could happen. All right. That's how we're tuning for, isn't it? <laughs> literally. It's a cutting analysis. <laughs> I think it's one of three results. <laughs> Game abandoned. We saw a Sunderland last week. <laughs> that would be replayed. So oh, that's that true. Uh, Wolves versus Burnley. Wolves have won the last two oh, Burnley. I'm not watching match of the day. <laughs> the fixtures aren't that good this week. The, video, the sort of fixture computer wasn't having a good week when it picked these out. Wolves have won the last two. 
Three derbies that we can have this happen. Oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry, it's not Wolves versus Burnley, it's Wolves Bournemouth. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I couldn't my handwriting. Just a, it's a B team, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't, really... I couldn't stand why Bournemouth lost, why Burnley lost four 0 to Liverpool last week, but no, it's Bournemouth, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> Wolves is XG. I'm not about XG at all, but with the chances yeah. Wolves have created this season, uh, they're they got an XG of fifteen. What? Sounds a lot. Adam, what's an XG? We, okay, you know about these things, Adam. Um, with the chances they created this season, Wolves have an XG of 15. Okay, and how many goals have they scored? Don't know. Is that important? <laughs> if only you had something like the big table in front of you. God. Hang on. Heaven forbid you be a professional. Is that important when trying to figure out XG? Well, no, but if you're going to com- you compare it against... Tables. Premier League. Wolves have scored. Where are they? They've scored... Oh. I don't know if any got a goal difference. Damn it! Right, let's move on. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> pretend that's that. It's a good stat, Chris. Well done. Yeah, I yeah thank you. Know what it is. Like, oh, I, I, extra I'm assuming they scored more than fifteen goals. So that is, and if Chris has read that stat correctly and written it down right, which I don't, I don't trust. <laughs> that is suggesting that they are outperforming their xG. Xg is expected goals. Thank you. Right. Glad you've got that bit. Well done. <laughs> well, I kept asking and I was going to make it up. Oh, sorry. Expecting goats. Um, <laughs> Bournemouth haven't scored in the second half of the Premier League since October. Um, I don't know what that means. I just wrote it's it down. Arsenal, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't really. It doesn't. Does that matter if you're two 0 up at half time? No, nope, <laughs> I suppose not. Uh, Fulham versus West Ham in the Lewisburg Morte derby. Um, West Ham looking for the fourth consecutive win. That's, yeah, yeah, that's stuck up yeah, quite a lot since the fans of Boone start season. Because then they went five games without a win. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, West Ham got some very good players. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm surprised by that one, you guys. Who, who are they their, going Their in? XG oh. is very extra good. <laughs> extra. It's Fulham. Uh, Fulham uh, got a win percentage. West Ham got a win percentage of 55% versus Fulham. That's the best against any other team. Um, it, it, it's whether you. It's whether whether that Nicholas, when he and you're going to see something to Fulham's, well, 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 this is really is a Fulham squad, or whether West Ham, I think it's more unlikely that West Ham probably continue on their, their positive run, but. I mean, don't think I should put, but very much depend on, on what this feat's going to look like. Look like for them, I think that you've got a couple of teams in Fulham who are going to be bought with their game at Arsenal, with new managers who are going to have to. They're reaching into a period where games are going to come thick and fast, and if they don't potentially start to turn things around now, then gaps could possibly appear, and you could see teams. Yeah. So, um, Jesse uh, Javier Hernandez is looking for his fiftieth Premier League goal. How many of those forty-nine so far have come from inside the box? Either forty-seven or none. Is it Rude Van Nistelrooy? Is this going to be like forty-nine? Forty-nine. Yeah. yeah, every single one of his goals have come from inside the box. Oh, yeah. Rumor is all everything but one, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I think he's he was still because he was World Cup 2010. He came through, wasn't it? So he, I think he's in his 20s, 30s now. Yeah, I kind of keep waiting for him to to like be who he was supposed to be when he came in. Yeah, I still imagine him as being a promising young player, but of course he's not yeah. right now, is he? But wasn't isn't the problem that he was what he was was actually a very good a very good player who could come off the bench could read a game very well and adjust quickly and was very dangerous as a substitute and people extrapolate that. 
mm. into well, if you just gave him a start, he'd score twenty twenty five goals a season, and yeah, I think he's, it was he's never been that player. I don't, okay. From Mexico, all of a sudden, he's like, not all of a sudden, in, in like football terms, all of a sudden, like in the past three years, um, he sort of found his footing as this like really great veteran. Um, and I think become who we thought he would be in the league, but for Mexico. Mm. So I don't know. There's like, I like, I always forget that he's still playing, but, but I, I, have expectations for him that are probably never going to be fulfilled. It's like how people feel about me. I'm going to get in trouble about that, but as I say this again, but I know I still should be. So, but doesn't he get to play against some absolute trash playing for Mexico? Yeah, like America, absolutely, a hundred percent. That was it. <laughs> Let's move on quick before she changes his mind. Southampton, Not quite as explosive as I thought it might be. <laughs> this is also, I was looking for the fourth in front. Rabbit, this is a game from you know, Emery, is it? It should be. But again, yeah. just like I spoke about last week when we talked about um, Arsenal at Huddersfield and uh, when you're talking about a team, especially, I know not all of the players have played. Arsenal don't have it. Don't, they've been playing for it back and they don't have free central defence. They're diving on one of them for his ACL. So... There's a, a continue playing a back three, but two of those back three here are out of position, or or Jack are playing there, or they'll play back four with a full back and centre half. Um, it's gonna, there's going to be an opportunity there for, for Southampton. Um, I am always going to be slightly interested in Arsenal after a Europa League game. Yeah, and like I said, I was wrong. I was right to not trust Arsenal. I don't. I know they got the win eventually, but it was didn't Torreira scored in the 85th minute. Why? I and mean, I'm not for real because it's Arsenal. I'm not just saying that. But um, I mean, talk I've about got, my I've got a picture of it on my phone because the picture I looked at was phenomenal, and I sent it to my Arsenal friend. Let me just. Uh, maybe I've deleted it now. But how many yards out was it, Jesse? I don't do yards. Okay. Um, <laughs> you can tell us in meters. That's fine. <laughs> um, can we just talk about him? Uh, he. He's we did this last week. Briefly, yeah. He's 21 years old. He's like 5'6". He is not... He he came out of this crop of like promising, promising players. Look at that. I mean, is that what Thomas Muller wanted to do when he did that? The, this little boy is fearless the way he goes into every, every play. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't... Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. I'm trying to get into this pod, sorry, because okay. uh, we've been going on for quite some I'll time, unfortunately. So sorry, we, like, yeah. we need to sort of crack on <gasps> a little bit, I'm afraid. Uh, okay, last game is the Gus Poirier derby of Brighton versus Chelsea. Um, Chelsea beat Manchester City, of course, last weekend. Brighton haven't beaten Chelsea since 1933. Um, oh, do it. Huh? This is it. Seagulls, puff out your chest. Say it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Chelsea have used 20 players all season which is the second fewest and they've got 12 different goal scorers so basically 60% of all players that have played for Chelsea this season have scored for them uh, okay. yes and that was all within the coast near the coast <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm game for Chelsea yeah so. um, right has anyone got any AOB or anything 
Oh, no, I'm just trying to get a picture to show you guys since you've been showing me pictures. Italiano Vargas. Oh, I, I got one. Oh, I got one. Who's that? Oh, that's Martin Cáceres. Who plays anyway. her. <laughs> that you, Edna? Bring this, exactly. <laughs> Bring this to the... Wrap this up, Chris. Wrap, wrap this up. Right, okay, thank you. That's that's all from us here on um, Extra Time on Monday Post. What? We are extra time on Monday Post. Uh, we are part of the um, Sunday show coming up this weekend. Review the games that we've just previewed. You may even listen to that before this, this one. Uh, we have a European cast. We've got, uh, we've got our unusual NBC. Yeah, we're doing something really, really fun. I mean, I'll a game. And everybody should go on our unusual uh, Twitter thing and answer our questions about your favourite football movie. Okay, so that's how unusual. Jesse, if they want to follow you, how do they do that? They go to at Jesse Osh and um, they tell me what they love about both of you. I don't know what they... Um, just... Yeah. Uh, do that, listeners. <laughs> Adam, uh, how do they follow you? It's probably your attention to that's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam SA101. Okay, follow me at CHigam77, uh, at Manipost, Twitter and Instagram account, and you can give us a like on Facebook as well. Um, you can download us through iTunes, you can download us through Acast, uh, Stitcher and Spotify. You just press the follow or uh, subscribe button, they will automatically find your inbox. So, Jesse and Adam, thank you very much. No worries. Thank you. Thank you. And order with your Man on the Post. <laughs>